Tim had to do a quick roll call. And Tim! <laughs> I'm Aaron. This is Paul. Wow, that was rough. <laughs> and I'm Tim. Should we do that again? No. That's amazing. <laughs> we're, we're, already, we're throwing people off. We're, we're making them feel uncomfortable because it's a weird opening. Just like, yep. you know, putting them in the Halloween mood. Because it's a very spooky edition of Funny Books with Aaron and Polly and Tim. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> well, we're going to start off by talking about the two canceled Netflix shows. Ah, ah, two. ah, two, <laughs> two, I say. Well, uh, you know, I, 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 I feel like canceled more than two. Let's be well, fair. fair. <laughs> so they canceled uh, Iron Fist and they canceled Luke Cage. And uh, I, I feel like everybody on the internet, well, well, that's they canceled it because they're going to do Heroes for Hire. You know, I do question that. I do feel like that's a possibility. I feel like chicken those tonight. stories are. I'm sorry. Like Chicken Tonight. Yeah, that's well, true. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> who doesn't feel like Chicken Tonight? Yeah, except perhaps chickens. Um, <laughs> I I feel like regardless of whether or not Iron Fist or Luke Cage cancels, I feel like those stories will continue in some measure uh, elsewhere in either Jessica Jones or Daredevil. I think they'll just add those guys into the supporting cast. Because or Defenders. If they do another Defenders, because Defenders isn't currently on the books again. Yeah, I kind of feel like Jessica Jones is next on the chopping block. I'm actually surprised that one hasn't been cut yet. I would be surprised if they cut Jessica Jones. I feel like Jessica Jones and Daredevil are the two successful Marvel uh, franchises yeah. on Netflix. But, you know, I, I, there's also the school of thought that they're being canceled so that Marvel can pull those properties over into their own streaming service. I find that uh, not likely, given how bad the first season of Iron Fist was. But I got to tell you, and I know, I know you haven't uh, – Watch season two of Iron Fist yet, Paul. Season two of Iron Fist was rocking. Yeah, that's up until the last thirty seconds. <laughs> turn it, turn it off. <laughs> Does it have a boogie seconds. nights ending? Do I need to turn oh, away from the boogie oh. nights ending? Oh God, Paul. Uh, <laughs> well, God. they just took Iron Fist to another level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um, for me, the only Netflix shows that I've truly enjoyed for for Marvel anyway have been Daredevil and The Punisher. Um, you know, I can, I can say that unquestionably, like even defenders, I'm like, eh, you know, the daredevil parts were good. Luke Cage was, <laughs> Luke Cage was worth watching. I, I, I enjoyed most of Luke Cage. I enjoyed well, the I first half that... of Luke Cage. Well, but you didn't watch season two. Correct. And I, I thought season two was really good. You know, I, I felt like it really warmed up, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the back half of that season, mm-hmm. you know, I, I gotta tell you, I, and I think what the writers need to get out of their way of is all of the uh, interior angst in these characters. And the only thing I'll say about season three of, of Daredevil that dropped this weekend, I've watched three episodes. I, the pity party that Matt Murdock is engaged in drives me fucking batshit. Uh, and the, I, what I would really like to have seen is that his pity party is flashbacks so that we can move on to the cool stuff because let me tell you how all the cool stuff that's happening in this show is his supporting cast foggy and Karen and Wilson Fisk. I mean, those are the guys who are doing cool things 
the guy that you showed up for, Daredevil, isn't doing a goddamn thing. You know, it's sort of if you take a if you take a thread and go through, there's angst in all of them. Luke Cage is the one that was a little less angsty to me. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, bad things are happening, but f it, I'm just gonna beat it to beat it to death. Well, I felt like like for instance in in uh, Luke Cage season two, the moment where that uh, season really takes off is when Danny shows up, and it's it's Luke Cage and Iron Fist. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's the heroes for hire. It, it's these, you know, it's Danny, you know, helping his friend Luke out of a hard situation and it just being a couple of guys. And that's what that's what these shows are missing is that each one of these characters is so emotionally screwed up um, that they spend they spend a whole lot of time in interior dialogue and and, uh, you know, trying to sort out their own shit. And what I would really like to see is that can we have a, a hero who, yeah, who's got his problems like a Peter Parker, but isn't quite so self-involved where he can be a functioning member of, you know, of a family, of a group of friends, you know, as opposed to just being this tremendous weight around everybody's necks. I think that's what these characters are missing because all of them sort of sort of drink from the same trough. Um in many respects, they're all kind of the same character because they've all got this this just weighty, weighty baggage. And don't get me wrong. That's the trademark of Marvel characters is that they've all got daddy issues. They've all got baggage. But the difference from what we're seeing on Netflix versus what we read in the comics is that there is some joy in these comic characters. We don't get to see very much of that in the Netflix show. Or or the movies, to be honest, the 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 movies are kind of woe is me a lot too. Well, you know, uh, you you get to see it in Ant Man. You get to see it in you get to see it in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, yeah. I suppose Captain America is not like that. Yeah, but you know, to to your point, there there's more there's more of that darkness than there is the joy, and I think I think that's that's what the Netflix shows really need to capture. You know, and Matt Murdock certainly is a a you know if, if they're looking at the Ed Brubaker stories, if they're looking at the Frank Miller stories, you know sh- certainly he is a darker character in terms of of his inner dialogue. But damn, that's that, that is so one note, and I'm so tired of it. You know, I just I just want to see. I don't I don't need him to be you know, happy go lucky daredevil. I don't need him to be Mark Wade's daredevil, but I do need him to be a daredevil who from time to time recognizes how cool what he does is. We don't need three seasons of cutting his wrist daredevil. Exactly. And it sounds like that's what we have. Yeah. Well, so far well, anyway, four if you include defenders, include defenders. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I am very much looking forward to watching daredevil season three. I'm looking forward to Punisher season two, oh, yeah. um, but you know, as far as the rest of the Netflix shows, I think uh, I'm I'm ready to see something new. And I know Marvel, I you know Marvel seems to be going all in on, you know the their streaming service with, I think a Loki TV show. I don't remember who the other character was that they announced having a TV show, uh, but you know I I do I. I I feel like there's some untapped potential in Blade and the Midnight Suns. I'm surprised oh. they haven't gone that way with it yet. Yeah, no, absolutely. Midnight Suns would be ter- would be a terrific Netflix se- series. Oh yeah, 
or you know do do the same basic premise you know have a ghost rider season a blade season um you know a a night stalker season and a dark hold season and then build up to a midnight sun's uh, crossover show yep so paul have you watched any of the uh, original streaming on the dc uh streaming service i have not yet um i actually downloaded the first two episodes of titans to give that a watch i've actually heard good things about titans You'll have to tell me. I, I, I have decided not to buy into the DC streaming until I've actually got time to watch it. Because, you know, with everything else that I've that, that I have available to me right now, I, there's just no time. No time, Paul. No, I totally get it. That's, I mean, like I said, Titans is two weeks in, and I haven't seen a single bit of it. Um, you know, I just got in on that introductory offer for the f- three free months. Right. But, like you mentioned at the beginning of the show. We are one week, about a week and a half, till Halloween. Ah, 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 ah. And uh, we wanted to take a moment and just kind of share some, you know, every year we, we do some Halloween special here on Funny Books where we talk about some suggested either comic-y or geeky Halloween stuff. And so we wanted to take a moment and uh, do that again this year. And since it was your idea, Aaron, would you like to start us off? Sure. You know, I, I, I'm a little you, you, write this down, guys, because, you know, I, you'll you'll realize how rarely, if ever, I have ever said this. I'm sad Wayne's not here. Uh, <laughs> <oof>. <laughs> I'm not writing that down. You <laughs> scream. Um, <laughs> Wayne, uh, Wayne usually enjoys a, a good audiobook recommendation. And uh my my recommendation is actually a series of novels that I read uh, back in the eighties and nineties uh, by Brian Lumley. Uh, oh, yeah. Brian Lum- Brian Lumley is a uh, a British horror writer um, who has written a lot in the vein of Cthulhu. You know, some some rather Lovecraft esque sorts of stories like uh, Titus Crow and uh, different books in those series. And I know that 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 uh, some of my favorite Cthulhu types, uh, like uh, Kenneth Height, don't think much of Brian Lumley. And I will say that I do not much care for his Titus Crow books, but his vampire series, uh, the Necroscope books, are brilliant. And uh, you know, like I said, I read them back when I was in high school and college, and those books are are just simply terrific. The they have recently come to uh, Audible, uh, you know, which is the uh, digital uh, audiobook service that is owned by Amazon, and they've got the first three novels there: uh, the Necroscope, uh, Wamfiri, and the Source. And he has got a just a terrifically unique take on vampires. Um, he and it's not just vampires; it's it's other supernatural, you know, psychic, psionic sorts of uh, of abilities and whatnot in the uh, in the world. And I won't say anything to spoil anything about the books, other than to say that these books have inspired a lot of the way I run uh, my horror games. Uh, it has inspired a lot of the the uh, horror imagery in uh, our Ghosts of Rainsboro series. Uh, I just I, I this guy touches a nerve with me, and it literally has inspired a number of my nightmares. The uh, his his imagery in the books is just 
simply terrifying. Uh, I, I think he I think he writes horror more effectively than than uh, most horror writers do, uh, and, and I'm I'm just sad that uh, that you know he's not contributing new stuff you know because he he's an old um, <laughs> uh, he's not contributing new stuff to the Necroscope series anymore because it is just such a a strong series of, of horror books. So I highly recommend it. Read it in print; it's terrific. If you're an audiobook guy like myself, uh, listen to it there because I'm I'm doing a re-listen. Uh, I just finished the second novel. The narrator's fantastic. The The story is still strong. Absolutely holds up. Uh, highly recommend it. Big thumbs up. And it's terrific for your Halloween listen. So you said he's no longer contributing to the to the uh, Necroscope series. Is it over? or? Yeah, he, he wrapped it up. And uh, yeah, there, he has done some uh, – there was something about maybe 10 years ago. Uh, but I, I don't it, like he's a, he's an older fella, so I don't think he's he's generating as much content as he used to. Gotcha, gotcha. So, but uh, it's it's fantastic series. Highly recommend it. Okay. Well, I'm going to go next, and mine is a little bit less of a time commitment than yours, uh, <laughs> because I'm going to take the easy route. There was a new. Halloween movie in theaters, the first in years. Um, you know, a new Michael Myers movie. Uh, Halloween, I guess it's just called Halloween. Uh, it is a sequel to the original Halloween from 1978, 40 years later, and basically wipes away the entire continuity past Halloween 1. So, you know, we, we have spent 40 years with the knowledge that uh, Judith Myers, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, and uh, Michael Myers, or Judith, or whatever, you know, Laurie Strode, sorry, Laurie Strode. Judith was his sister. Um, Laurie Strode was Michael Myers' sister. Uh, but the new movie basically does away with anything since part one, like I said. And that that fact was not introduced until Halloween 2. So in the new movie, they're no longer siblings. Um, you know, they, they are now unrelated. And and you only need to rewatch the first one from 40 years ago and watch the new one. Um, everything in between has been wiped away, which is a bummer because I liked everything in between except the uh, Rob Zombie films. Uh, but that being said, uh, I've heard good things. I've not yet seen it. I'm going to be seeing it after we podcast today, but everyone seems to be enjoying it. I'm very excited for it. Michael Myers is my my favorite movie slasher. Uh, so I'll be – last night I rewatched the original Halloween. Uh, to get ready for this new one. And, you know, as it relates to comic books, I would say there that Michael Myers, uh, you know, horror comics are hard to do, but when Michael Myers has been done in comics, it's actually been done well. The problem is that he had uh, a couple of series and both series were from defunct comic companies. Uh, so uh, he had a great series from Chaos Comics um, that was three issues and that I truly, truly enjoyed. In fact, I still have the paper copies because it was never released digitally. And uh, another well-done series from Devil's Due. Uh, now, again, both companies went under, so you'll probably have to go to eBay or alternative sources to find those uh, those comics. But if you are able to find them out, if you're a Halloween fan, absolutely worth seeking out and reading. Uh, well done. Well done horror comics and, and definitely fun for fans of the the movie series. So that's my recommendation. Go see Halloween. And uh, if you're in the mood for some Michael Myers comic books, seek those out. Now, uh, I, fans of the show know that I'm not, I'm not the biggest horror fan. Um, but one of the things that I, I actually, actually uh, grabbed onto pretty hard was uh, 
the 1980s Saga of the Swamp Thing run um, by Alan Moore and Steve Bissetti. Um, and just the, the personal horror of Swamp Thing added to the very creepy art just about every page. It was it was one of those things where back then I was reading X-Men and Spider-Man and all these happy books. And my mom would buy Swamp Thing because she loved the artwork because it was it was very hippie, creepy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I I had to say, as I, as I flipped through some of them, I could I could see I could see this. This was something different. And it, it, was, it was something that I was I was intrigued by. So and I, I know they have the the saga volumes out there on Amazon. So that would be my recommendation this Halloween is some Alan Moore Swamp Thing. Strong choice, Mr. Tim. Strong choice. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, speaking of Swamp Thing, I had mentioned this a couple weeks ago, and uh, I haven't been able to find it, but my brother found it and picked it up for me. Uh, there was a new Swamp Thing Halloween special uh, from Brian Azzarello and Greg Capullo available at uh, – exclusive to Walmart. Uh, so uh, check – if your Walmart has a trading card section, that's where you'll find those DC comics. So seek it out if, if you're interested. And uh, speaking of DC Comics, I think our joint recommendation is that you check out the currently running, and I guess uh, two more issues, I think the final issue comes out on Halloween Day, of DC Comics' The Witching Hour crossover from Justice League Dark and Wonder Woman. Yeah, so, so Paul, did you uh, read this issue's uh, entry? Yes. So, you know, I, I read both last... Last week's Wonder Woman issue and this week's Justice League Dark. And boy, let me tell you how the uh, the artist, the, the art team on Justice League Dark is many more times earth shatteringly stronger than that of the Wonder Woman title. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, wow, because I I, I found the uh, earlier issue of Wonder Woman to be quite a slog. And it because the artwork was rather weak in my opinion the uh the uh it became real clear to me how heavy this story is on third person narration and it it had not i really hadn't tuned into it in the prior book you know the 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 first issue of this arc uh and it didn't bother me in justice league dark this week but man last week's wonder woman was rough. Yeah, it wasn't the best issue. Um, yeah, it, it was. Uh, I don't even want to say it was a transitionary issue, but it kind of was. Yeah. Um, and, but and I unfortunately, I think next week's issue is Wonder Woman, and then we have a, a concluding, um, like all together book, much like the 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 first part. Witching Hour number one. Yeah, Witching Hour number yeah. one. And I, I gotta say, regardless, I have truly, truly enjoyed this crossover. It's a good crossover, uh, you know, but, you know, one of my objections in the Wonder Woman issue is that Detective Chimp stopped looking like a chimpanzee. Yeah. You know, he uh, <laughs> he he started looking more like Cornelius from the 1960s, 1970s uh, uh, Planet of the Apes films. Right. I mean, it was just like, what the hell happened here? You know, uh, and immediately he's back into full chimpanzee mode. You know, in uh, in Justice League Dark this week. So, I mean, the art was super weak in that Wonder Woman book. Uh, the 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 figures were very stiff. Um, 
they, they it almost looked juvenile in the manner in which the the characters were rendered. Yeah, definitely not as strong. Yeah. Um, but it is the right feel for uh, for uh, the Halloween season. You know, there, there's another crossover that just started between the regular Justice League and the Aquaman books. I've not picked been pick, I, I picked it up, uh, but I haven't read it yet. Called Drowned Earth. It's an Aquaman focused crossover, which seems ill timed. It seems a little mm-hmm. early. It seems like they should have waited a couple months to have it coincide with the actual movie. Right. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to giving it a read, and I'll report back on it uh, next week when we record. So we've Great. had a we've had a very themed episode with with cancellations and Halloween and the witching hour, and I want to blow that all out of the water here Uh-oh. because I uh, I when I picked up and read Batman this week, I saw an ad for Jeff Johns Dale Eaglesham's Shazam, yeah, coming out in November, yeah. And I know you guys remember the miniseries that uh, that they that Jeff Johns did with Shazam, and it was the best I've ever read that character. Oh yeah, and uh, it was lighthearted, it was fun, and it hooked me right in. And I'm so excited to see him coming back. I'm very excited for that series, and uh, you know the the one you're talking about was with Gary Frank. I'm assuming, you know, Dale Eaglesham is a great artist, and I'm assuming this will have the same feel. I'm really looking forward to that one too. I'll definitely pick that one one up with you, Tim. Yeah, no, I mean, me too. I, I'm super excited about that. Totally not dark, but totally, totally not. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and we we need more of that, right? Yeah, you. yeah. Tim so. is the light in our darkness. He is. He is. You light up my life, Tim. I I really make you shine. I understand. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let you uh, cue up the music, Paul. You know, you light up my life. <laughs> I mean, I don't even need to do that because you just did it. <laughs> well, in other things that Tim loves, next week, next week, people, Marvel is releasing issue two of the Sleepwalker TV or the Sleepwalker series that uh, Tim and Wayne are so fond of. Uh, we're Irration- also- Irrationally so. <laughs> and we're also getting a new issue of Action Comics as well as a number of other books that I am sure we'll be chatting about. Excellent. Well, you know, if uh, if Wayne hasn't been, you know, sacrificed to some, uh, you know, dark altar uh, this weekend, I'm sure he'll be back next week. And he can tell us all about his Alice Cooper concert that he went to last night. Ooh, and it'll still be before Halloween. So that works. Yeah. Very good. Very exciting. All right, guys, y'all have a good week. Take care. Bye, everybody. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.